<laughs> hey, welcome, welcome to, to Beyond, Beyond the, the Test, Test Tube, a science, science podcast. podcast. Thank you, Yasin, Nabintu, and Brianna. Today, we're going to discuss the return to class in person. There's three of you. You have different views or different experience with online, perhaps even before we went remote teaching, and then kind of how it's been unfolding for you, you know, as an experience for, from a student point of view, because as a professor, I'm only thinking about my experience and I'm hoping to understand my students better. So we'll present you uh, one after the other. And thank you so much for being here. It's Friday at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's minus 40 outside, but you've all made it to the discussion. So thank you very much. Uh, so maybe we can start with Yasin. Yasin, do you want to present yourself? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Yasin Maroum. I'm a third year uh, biomedical science student. I'm doing my my best to um, go through all my semesters with good grades, I guess. So currently member of bilingual, VP bilingual at the SSA. Are you like a, in a co-op program or are you? No, I'm not. I'm not in a co-op program. Um, however, I'm going to be specializing in cellular and molecular medicine. And uh, oh, also an interesting fact about me is that right now it's like it's my first semester of my third year. Because I feel like I'm I'm one of the few, even if you could call it rare people in this university who who started who didn't start on the semester like on the uh, fall semester, but they started on the winter semester. So I started like my first semester. It was in winter, and I went. I was back. It was back in Morocco. So I I, I did it online, fully remote. Fantastic. And Nabintu, um, would you like to tell us a little bit about what you're doing at U Ottawa? Yeah, so my name is Nabintu Touré. I'm in my second year of health science. Fantastic. And Brianna? Awesome. I'm in my third year of biomedical sciences with a minor in philosophy. Oh, right. That's interesting. Um, so third year, um, and you started in the autumn, right, Brianne? Uh, yes, but at my first year, I was in, I got credited CGEP, so technically it's my second year at the university. Right, so you're coming from the Quebec side of things. Correct. Yesin is coming from Toronto, uh, from Morocco. And Nabintu, were you always in the Ottawa area? No, I'm from Toronto. Okay, so you had to move away from Toronto to come here, but... Okay, so, right. So now we geographically positioned you <laughs> in places. So those are really different experience. So I'm quite happy to, um, to, to hear how you lived through all of this. When you started university, so Yasin, we were online. Nabin too, we were online. And Brianna, we were, were we online when you started or? CGIP was in person my first year. And the second half of my second year, uh, sorry, the first half of my second year, um, but university was online. Right. So you all started university when we were online. How did that go for you? Yes, and was this easy? You were still home in Morocco, but you had to figure out, you know, how to deal with the time schedule and stuff. Well, well, to give you basically a quick context, um, I 
I started like on the winter semester, just like I said. Um, it did not really go easy for me because first of all, I had to figure out how the whole like university to be uh, admitted into university and how this whole system works. I didn't start like before, I did not start like at January, February, like the procedure in order to get accepted. I started until late, like, you know, November. So I didn't even know what to do. And I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. Fortunately, I had like some people who were already in university. So they told me like what to do exactly, but not enough. Like um, I was still expecting some help. I was reaching out to some, you know, um, uh, a more intensive and more, you know, useful help from a lot of people. But uh, like, unfortunately, I didn't get it enough. So I guess I just picked my classes and I said, let's go for my first semester. Um, my first semester, I think, well, it was kind of like mandatory for me to take some classes I did not have the choice of because technically you're supposed to start on, the, on fall, not on winter. And some classes are only available during winter. So I had to take, for example, some classes like Anatomy 2, like OrgoCam or any other classes without necessarily having like um, a little bit of training that I could have had during autumn, maybe that would have helped me. So I guess already like just with that kind of information, it's it was already like a, a, a kind of tough start for me. But during online, maybe um, I'm not I'm not just going to maybe like just um, I would say pour the negative aspects of it. I think there were a lot of positive aspects of being online is especially like with my timeline um, and also the fact that I was still in Morocco, like I, I could have like I, I had the possibility to do my semester remotely from Morocco while I had the time to finish my procedure and my visa procedures in order to come here to Canada. So it was really great to have that option. And I'm really thankful for that. Um, also, I had the still had the opportunity to access to all my classes and had all the information to, you know, to pass my exams and all of this. Um, but I guess it was kind of um, hard in the terms of um, maybe I did, I weren't aware about a lot of stuff, a, a, lot, a lot of administrative stuff, a lot of um, studying techniques that could have been useful because I just had transitioned from high school, which was totally different. And especially like it's not even the Canadian type of high school system. It's my it's a Moroccan one, which is far away different and directly transition into a new world with a new system. And yeah, it was really tough transition, I guess. But overall, I think maybe later with the questions that are maybe more specific, I think I'll go into detail. But as an, as an overall experience, I think it was pretty tough. Okay, but I think, to be honest, it's tough for international students that come into winter. And I have, I teach in the winter, a first year class in cell biology. I took it. I took it. Right. I I got a I got surprisingly I got an A minus with you. I was like happy. <laughs> surprisingly good or bad? Uh surprisingly good because I think that um um uh, I mean a lot of people usually struggle with their first semester, but but like I said, even like in person, it it's for some students, especially international students, they get their visa in late. They arrive on campus like three weeks late yeah. and they're coming from, you know, 
African continent and, you know, all over the place. And it's a shock to be here, right? So, uh, yeah, that's the government that needs to sort these visas out because these students, my goodness, you know, they're struggling. It's no, it's no joke. But, um, but well, at least you didn't have to cope with coming during the winter, right? Then. That's why it really helped. That's why um, it really helped with the with the winter period. I didn't have to go through all the struggles. So, I'm really thankful that there was an option of doing that. Right. So Nebintu, so you started online or was it already kind of half in person when you came on campus? Yeah, I started all online. The full first year was all online except one class, which was chemistry. But then I just ended up switching back to online because it was just one class that I went to in person. It was like kind of better to just do it online. So. Yeah. And did you move from Toronto to you to the Ottawa area during the online period or did you stay in Toronto? Yeah, I just moved to Ottawa, even if it was going to be all online. And I basically just went by myself. Like, um, I didn't end up going in the dorm room. I ended up finding a place in Ottawa and moved in. And how did you find learning online? Because first year university, you feel like you should be maybe helped, you know, a little bit more. And online is very much an individual sort of journey, right? Yeah, um, I was pretty lost um, for a lot of it, except uh, the WhatsApp groups helped a lot. Like the students were texting each other through WhatsApp. And like, that helped a lot with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you're a new student coming on campus or um, from a w far away, the actual social aspect is it's very difficult, right? Yeah, definitely. And Brianna, you were from CEGEP, so you kind of moved in with your maybe some friends who came to Ottawa as well, or they all went to McGill and, <laughs> and you've never seen them again. Um, yeah, so most of my friends stayed back home. Um, so I came here kind of by myself. Um, it was online, but I find the transition because I did have a part of CGIP online. It was a bit easier. I think coming from CGIP, I had that advantage. I knew how to make my schedule. Um, I knew kind of how classes work in that sense. Um, and I just I felt like I had a step up compared to maybe people coming out of high school. Um, so that was kind of nice. Um, I, when I came here, I already had a job as a student ambassador. So I did my classes online, um, but I did stay um, in Ottawa. Um, and yeah, so the transition was pretty easy for me in that sense, because I kind of knew how it would work more than like, um, you know, coming straight out of high school. So now we came back in person. What were your first impression? And I'll go back the other way. So Brianna. What was my first impression back in person? Yeah. Um, I do prefer online, actually. Um, certain courses, at least. Um, back in person, since I never had a university class in person, I guess, it was a little intimidating because um, we are like over 40,000 students at this university. Nobody kind of knew where they were going. So it was like a whole new batch of students. You didn't have like second years able to tell first years where to go because it was the first time for second years. Um, yeah, it was just, 
Uh, it was different than online and doing, like you said, online, you're kind of by yourself. You're, you know, you're in it on your own, more or less, um, compared to in person. Um, socializing was quite different. I was lucky I already had a set group of friends that I met through working on campus. But I know a lot of people struggled with that and they would talk to people next to them. And, you know, the awkwardness, the social awkwardness was for sure there for a lot of people. Um, so it was quite different in that aspect. So both academically and as well socially. And for you, Nabin, to going back in person, so that would have been last semester, right? Yeah, um, I actually like my classes in person a lot more because uh, coming from Toronto and like coming to Ottawa, I didn't know anyone here. So being able to go to class and meeting people was really nice. And I like that I got to meet my teachers and stuff. And I really like the interactive part, like when the teachers ask questions and then you answer and stuff. That's my favorite part. And it helps me um, learn better. I feel like I memorize better when it's like interactive teacher student than when it's all online. So yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. So you know, in a way you're feeling more engaged when you're in person than online. Yeah, definitely. And Brianna, you didn't really need that engagement. You know, you were engaged online regardless. Yeah, I find in class, I tend to lose my focus quite a bit. So when professors record, it actually saves me because I still will go to class in person, but I need to rewatch it and pause at times to actually grasp the concepts. So when it was online, most profs had recorded it because um, they didn't know where students were around the world or whatnot. Um, so I was able to actually cut my classes down to paces before I would lose focus. Interesting. Why do you lose focus? <laughs> I don't know. I went to see doctors. Nothing's wrong. I just, I, I lose focus quite often. Like, especially if I sit, like if people are in front of me, like their lights on their computer will distract me. I don't know. Like I just, yeah. I'm actually just like that too. Oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. I lose focus easily too. I understand. So yes, in when you came, you came to Canada you came to Ottawa and then you came to your classes in person how much of a shock was that okay so not really because like when I first came here the classes were still online I I still went through a whole in, on, year online and it was until last semester because I'm here like for a year and a half I guess almost like more than a year and a half but like my last semester which was in person I have some mixed reviews about like the whole experience um I, I i really i really like um identify myself with what brianna said because um so when you when you watch a video especially like for example um of a really hard concept to grasp and a really hard concept to assimilate i feel like it's really really beautiful the fact that you know you could pause it the video and just assimilate it and just maybe rewatch and write it down and maybe watch some other videos on YouTube in order to explain for you better the concept. So you have the time to literally like to think about what you're learning. And I feel like it's really helping a lot of students who are, you know, uh, slow learners, because for, for example, I consider myself a slow learner, like depending on, of course, the class or the material. In some classes, I'm, I'll be a slow learner, just like in other classes, I might not be. 
But in a lot of classes, I'm a slow learner. And I like to, to actually take my time to, to understand the concept and then move on. But also an interesting fact is that what uh, Nabindu said about like uh, interaction with professors, it's also another interesting factor because I believe that uh, a comparison, I guess, from for, from professors to some professors to others is that you will see, for example, professors who are actually taking into consideration the importance of interacting with your students and always keeping an environment where they could like, you know, feel like they they could talk to you or maybe not even talk to you because I know that there isn't enough time, but, you know, they 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 see that you talk to them and that you explain to them the things in a way that you keep them captivated because that's kind of a part of their that your job as a professor is to keep students always captivated by what you're teaching. That's what makes you a good professor. But I feel like some professors of some classes, they just blatantly read what's in the PowerPoint slides and they just go through the material like as if I could go through the material myself. So the result is that some classes, for example, if some professors, I didn't go because at the point at this point, it's kind of recorded because they record the, the meaning. They just go through the whole PowerPoint them, themselves like at this point, not even explaining. So I don't see the point of being, for example, of these classes to be in person. If 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 maybe if maybe we had like for like uh, a certainty to know exactly which professors maybe could keep students more interactive, I guess, but it's not possible. Maybe we could define which classes really deserve to be online or which classes deserve to be in person. I believe that like right now, without giving the excuse of being in a pandemic, because it's kind of, we've kind of passed that, but it's necessary to, to at least what I've been always saying is that give the option to students to decide which option would they prefer? Because again, not every professor is going to be as, as interactive because I'm not forcing them. It's their nature. If they want to be interactive to some students, let them be. If they're just going to read the PowerPoints, then it's their choice. But at least like give the students some option to enjoy your class in a way that they could really profit from it. Brianna, I, I mean, this, I have many things to say about that, but Brianna. Yeah, I just want to jump in. I don't think personally, at least for me, the class could be online. I think more just recorded. And um, one of the issues, at least for one of my classes, I asked the professor, are you going to record? And he goes, I don't know how, but I would if I did. Yeah, I know you guys are given resources. Um, but I, I don't know otherwise how it works. Um, but he was a new professor. It's his first time teaching at this university. So that could maybe be a barrier or reason why he didn't get the resources the winter. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I think recording is a really crucial aspect, especially if someone's sick, um, if someone can't make it. Um, I, I do, I personally think, especially for heavy, dense courses, that it should be recorded. So it allows students to also take that break, especially if they're slow learners and they want to learn a concept, go on YouTube, search it up, come back, continue on their lecture and stuff like that. That's all I wanted to say. So I've heard this a lot. Like I have, even from some of my colleagues around the university, and I'm just, I'm going out of Faculty of Science and I'm actually going out of U Ottawa that they're saying the students are not coming to class, even if it's in person. I record my classes, but they're not coming to class. And for them, it's a disappointment. And I'm like, no, 
If the students see the value for them to come to your class, they will. If they don't, then they don't have to, right? If they can succeed by staying at home and watching the videos, then you've done, you know, you've kind of given them the flexibility of doing it if they want to. But it's that, where is the, where is a little bit too much and a little bit too little? It's kind of, where is the sweet spot? And this is what we're trying to do. So I don't know if you've experienced classes where the sweet spot was just hit right for you, uh, Nabintu. Um, yeah, I think what they were saying about um, the classes being recorded, I completely agree with that. And yeah, like you said, the sweet spot, like I like having my classes recorded and also being able to have the interaction with my teacher. So I think that is the perfect sweet spot for learning. I don't know, Yasin, if that kind of, you know, hits something or the, is there something that I'm not, we're missing? It's actually, I, I, it's like you said it, you guys, like both of you guys said it with your own words. It's really, it's really, really perfect. I didn't have anything to add because for example, when you said like um, that some professors kind of feel ashamed that maybe sometimes they see that students don't, don't come to their sessions or their lectures. Um, I just want to tell to those professor that even if the classes were fully in person, you would see that all like like a lot of people would not come because that's the thing. At some point, students just stay at their homes and they don't come to classes because otherwise. And it's not personal, right? I don't take it personally. It's nothing personal, especially with finals coming up. A lot of students just want to stay at home and maybe try to find solutions in order to study at their own pace and not go to classes anymore. So I feel like if you're really putting just the option to record your classes and give students the opportunity to, you know, find their pace and find their time slowly grasping the aspects of your course, then you're really doing a great job. I feel like that. So some other things I've heard as well from uh, my colleagues, especially in the first year, do you feel like this added flexibility with, you know, is, is a way for students to become late in their studies and, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And is it just too easy to kind of fall back a little bit? Um, yeah, I wanted to say, yeah, I definitely think it's a bit harder for time management. It, for me, it helps when I kind of have someone to tell me because um, I'm not very good at time management and I procrastinate and stuff. But that's part of learning as well, isn't it? But go, Brianna, do you have something to add? Yeah, so I do see that with some of my friends where, um, especially online with last year, at least with everything recorded, they would wait till before midterm to watch all the lectures for the past two weeks. Um, so stuff like that. So I do see how like a first year, someone who's new at university, like, oh, well, I have a midterm for this one class. I'm going to skip my other class, watch it later because it's recorded. And then like next thing you know, they're catching up on three lectures worth of material. So I do see it um, for some people who are really um, well, like disciplined in their work ethic. They're on top of their game. Um, but I like I see the concern, but I don't think it should limit professors to not have that option, if that makes sense. Right. Yes, and you're nodding. I honestly agree with what Brianna says again, because I feel like, first of all, like we're coming from the same background. So uh, 
most of her thoughts are practically the same as mine, but yeah, I should not really limit the professors to give a, this as an excuse in order not to pose the recordings or do the option to make a recording. Um, I've, I've also heard a lot of professors uh, talk about basically the fact that um, since their classes are like one hour and 10 minutes, sometimes 20, they don't really have the time to to go through a lot of the to go through like all of the material and spend the time to to detail every kind of information specifically to all students because we have to only two lectures a week it's not like for example since like for example when i was in high school the professors would sometimes stay and chat with students during the session because of course we have plenty of times to to do a lot of stuff would create more complicity than it would actually um, give more time, more time to students to actually um, grasp the, the material even more. That's why I didn't have really problems with in-person classes when I was still in high school. But now with university and how I've experienced things, I understand that it's like it, it's it's cause it's posing like a really a threat to to understanding the process. That's that's why, for example, for example, talking about my experience, even though some classes last semester. Uh, even though all the classes were in person, I had some options that were online. And for for example, if in one session I didn't understand the concept, I would, for example, leave it to another time and then watch the video and it would pile up. So again, by doing an option that is remote, you're actually saving students from not understanding the concept and just, you know, like not understanding it until because if it was fully in person without the recording option, the students would be just stuck with not understanding the concept, not having the time enough to ask the questions. And of course, who would think that the professors think that, oh, I have my after hours after my session, they could come and ask me the questions. You're kidding yourself. No one is going to do that. There is a class after that that's coming. So uh, putting a recording option is just as necessary and vital to me. It just helps understand everything when you don't understand the, all the concepts in class. So there's there's one thing that I don't do with my classes that a lot of first year and I think second year classes do is DGDs. So those are directed groups of studies where you know they're organized by the professor generally or by a TA that's you know been kind of hired to do these and. Sometimes they're obligatory uh, with the course that people take. To, so, and that is a specific time with which to problem solve and go through the material from, you know, what I, what I believe. Am I wrong? And do they help? Um, so I have mixed feelings about the DGDs. I always tell people to always have one, just like when you need to go. Um, for example, I have one this semester that I haven't gone to any, but I review the notes from the TA. Um, do I find it helpful? I do before midterms or quizzes, stuff like that. Um, but otherwise, it's like not as helpful because if I have a certain question on the material, I'll just go to the professor's office hours or email the professor um, and not so much the TA um, because it's not like a one on one like I would need or at least I would feel supported on my specific question. Um, I think they are useful though, especially around your midterms and stuff like that. So I wouldn't get rid of it. Um, but I like that it's not mandatory, at least for the science courses I had. And I've been to, have you experienced those? 
Yeah, I had um, DGDs for my chemistry class and I found them really helpful because it was like very specific questions like that the teacher said would be on the exams. And I think it helped me kind of like know what I should be studying for, what I should like focus on for the exam. Yeah. And were they online, the DGDs, or were they in person? Online. Or I think it might have been both, but most people only went to the online one. Interesting. They're off they're often in the evening, right? Yeah. No, Rihanna, you're not sure? Um, some are offered in the morning, like 10, 10 to 11. Like um, for all my classes, there's four different DGDs because it's a large class. Okay. Um, but I would say I agree that the online DGDs have more turnout than the in-person. And were they offered online even during in-person class? Um, I have like a, since I'm taking biochemistry right now, I have a DGD that is like online every Monday. So I believe that that's the best thing to do, honestly. All right. So there's one thing that we haven't touched upon, and it's a big one, and it's assessments. So assessments online, and now assessment in person. So there was a various amount of different formats. Some people were giving home exams so that lasted 48 hours. Some people were giving really strict proctored online exams of a certain amount of time. How did, was the experience for you, Brianna? For me, I had all the different sorts. So I had the 24 hours, 48 take-homes and the proctoring with the camera and everything like that. Um, I, I felt more confident when I did it online than in person. That could also just be the tension writing like and a final in a gym compared to in your room with like your focus on um, that. Maybe that's one thing. Um, so I found them easier. And also I preferred the take home personally, um, just because I can I can see my progress <laughs> um, compared to like um, in person now when it's timed and you have people walking around and watching you and all that pressure and the tense in the room, you know, some people holding their heads, other people leaving after 30 minutes, and you're like, Oh, my God, am I too slow. So I think it's more of like a mental thing when it comes to in person, because we're not used to that, right, especially with big assessments. Um, so that kind of was my experience. And when it was online, I was able to focus better. Um, and I really did enjoy the opportunities of the take homes. Um, in person, it's just a lot more pressure, I find. Right. And do you think you performed as well in both or is it harder to show your learning in person? I think, well, just looking at my grades, I did better online, but I think I studied more when it came to in person. Like I felt more pressure to study more compared to online. So I felt like I learned more in person, actually. <laughs> yes, in Totally what she says. Um, uh, it was easier for me to to pass my exams when it was online because I feel like the resources were kind of like available. So I didn't really stress that much. It wasn't really stressful. I had the time to do things. Um, also, like just sitting, the fact that you're sitting by yourself and not sitting in front of a lot of people helps a lot for for people who are struggling with their anxiety, like such, such, such as I'm doing, I'm struggling with my anxiety. And when I experienced my first last semester, my finals, because it was like 
since two years, since my my finals in my high school, because in my system, we have finals in like our last year of high school. So it was two years until last semester that I had my finals in person. And it was just, it gave me PTSD. I, I, I had a lot of traumatic episodes coming from it. I feel like I have I have not been ready for it for after such a long time. It gave me a good practice. It gave me a good training, psychologically speaking, because now I'm guess I'm more ready. And I've been to um, evaluations. So have has last semester been like a really hard one? Um, yeah, especially with. Um thinking about travel time like for me it takes 30 minutes to get to school but then sometimes there's like problems with the train and stuff so like it's a bit stressful to like you want to get on uh get to your exam on time but you also want to study as much as you can so like 30 minutes you don't want to waste any time you know yeah there was just that kind of like how they said um how it was stressful um I agree with that in person is a lot more stressful than online exams so, yeah so Brianna you said something that really kind of nudged my brain a little bit and you said that although it was better to actually do online exams and you felt better that you feel that you learned more during in-person exam we gave all these at-home assignments instead of exams you didn't actually have to learn any of the material because you had it all in front of you and then you could just apply it. The difficulty I have now, because when I think back on it and I was like, oh, they're applying my material, they can think and you know, all of this and this is great and it's fantastic. And now semester in, in microbiology, I had some second year student, they couldn't remember what a membrane is and how it's built. And so they didn't have the notions that they needed in order to be able to progress. So it's like the learning didn't happen in that year. It's weird. So so I'm not sure whether I, it was a disservice to students because they need to know this stuff and we only made them apply it without having to learn it. So I don't know where I stand. I quite like the application and all of this, but at the same time, you need to know this stuff because if you were in history, and somebody asked you to discuss Napoleon's war and you had to go through Google and look at all the information to actually have a discussion, this is not happening. So if I ask you to discuss the cell theory and you don't know what the cell is, that's not helpful, right? So how, <laughs> help me, how, how do I solve this problem? I'm not even talking about academic integrity, like let's leave that out the window. <laughs> What I'm thinking about is you did application. So you learned how to apply the notions that you were given in the course doing these exams. And now what I see is that those notions were not absorbed. So because you didn't have to do the nitty gritty of learning the stuff by heart, it's not in your head. Yes, that's for sure. I think between the difference of assignments exams and uh, timing exams I feel like there's a huge difference between assignments exams and timing exams I don't know if what Brianna and uh, Nandi too think but for me like when you do an assignment 
even if you have all the resources in front of you, you still want to, you know, want to learn the concepts and want to know exactly what you're writing because it's going to be marked. It's not going to be something like, you know, a, a, like a, a, a MCQ. Yeah, just pick this or pick that or pick that. It's easy. I could ask someone and he gives me the whole transcript. When you're writing something, you're no, you're you're seeing the transcript and you learn. You have to learn. That's what I had to do with intro uh, of a cellular bio. Personally, I had to learn everything in order to mark my assignments because I knew that there would be and not 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 any other way. Personally, okay. But again, I feel like that there's a huge improvement between online, even with the assignment thing, and in person by taking your exams in person because in person you don't have a choice you have to learn it all the way right nabin to what do you understand what i'm saying yeah i think um for like being able to take information in and like really learn it uh, a lot of people people who don't retain the information i think it's because they just memorize it and like kind of just throw up all of it during the exam like all the information is just out of memorization not really comprehension so I think of the best way for us to learn is like uh, instead of having like a lot of teachers they have just midterms and then that's it I think like what you do with uh, the little quizzes and stuff extra homework and all that helps really to understand the information instead of just like like spitting out everything that you learn and memorize so you need a bit of both really that's what you're saying yeah so you need to be forced to actually learn this stuff a little bit and also have the opportunity to show that you can use the stuff that you've been forced to learn brianna does that resonate with you yeah, so I, like I said, I still think that in person I learned more. Um, what I think would be beneficial is not those professors who have the 60% final. Like if you need, like for first year, 100% like in person's needed because like you said, you're learning the foundations. You can't take a chance on that. I know like with academic accommodations, they're in their own room, they have their own cubicles, but like, I feel like they don't think that we kind of like a smaller space, like the gym does make everyone nervous. I've never heard a student being like, I love gym exams. I've never heard that. So maybe like go to a classroom, split it up. Um, I know that would be harder on the professor because you have to go, but maybe like in CRX, get classrooms on the same floor or something along the lines of that to reduce the pressure. But I do think in person is crucial for learning, especially in like for second year when you're grasping the foundations and third year bio, what I've seen a lot now is a lot of application based. So I'm reading scientific articles and like summarizing them. So those are fine. Um, but for first and second years, because you're learning the foundation, it should be in person, um, but a little bit of both. So I think reducing the percentage of a final that's in person and having another maybe a 20% assignment that's more um, application based could help a lot. So now I think uh, we've already reached almost an hour since we've been talking. It's going by really quickly. And we've touched upon the main subjects. I don't know if there's anything that you want to add that we haven't touched upon that would be perhaps something that you've seen or you see in students that, because this, I have to say, there's like, seems to be, the students seem to be split in two groups. There's one group that's doing super well, and there's one group that is not doing well. And 
we don't know how to reach that group that is coming in person now and struggles the most. I don't know if you have any anything to add on that or on something else, perhaps. Um, yes, in. The bigger you're going to have a class of students, the harder it's going to be for you to communicate with everyone and get their point and see if they're struggling with something. I'll just basically give you every con of every method of communicating. Brightspace, not everyone uses it because it's no, it's a little bit complicated to use, not really as simple as a text message. Mail, it's a little bit formal. And for, for example, I have ten, tons of questions. I cannot ask those tons of questions in a mail. It's going to take too long. And you have a private life as well. So I cannot just ask you every time questions and expect you to answer me. Also, Discord. The thing that maybe doesn't include professors, but just includes students in general. Discord is the most place where you'll see like the most um, selfish and again, hypocrite people. And you're going to meet them on Discord because they only... You're only going to see people there who already grasp the material perfectly, who talk between each other. And when others who really struggle with this try to meddle in, try to join in, they get excluded. Interesting. So if I were to begin to give every ten, like temptation of, you know, communicating with either you professors or with either students, we like students who don't, who don't really grasp the concepts. Usually they get excluded. And at best resort, they drop the class and they look for something else. So I think that honestly, if maybe sometimes, I'm not saying every session of your classes, if maybe just, just take one minute or two and just reach, for example, the students like who are already having difficulties, try like to obtain a vote. Like, for example, if some students have some difficulties with a concept and they, and they like, and you see that there are a lot of students that really like, you know, struggling with the concept. Maybe in, in another discussion or in another session, you could do like a session, like a supplementary one, if you could again, where you could talk about the subject. And all those persons who are really not grasping the concept really well can come in. A supplementary session, I think it's it's good. It answers to all of their questions. It doesn't it excludes them from talking to you or from talking on Discord or from talking on blah, 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 and whatever. And it solves the problem to me, at least for now, what I can give. Nabinto. Yeah, so I wanted to add on to what Yasin said. Um, I agree with the like supplementary, like the extra class to help people who have difficulties. Because I think um, like how students feel is once they fail once, they kind of lose hope in themselves and they think, like they can't do better next time. So they kind of just give up and then it affects them all throughout the year basically. And then they could like fail the class. So I think by like doing a class that helps students struggling, even though I know it's difficult for teachers cause they also have, you know, uh, their own lives and stuff. But um, I think it helps them like, cause they kind of need that extra push. So I feel like that would help that way. So that's an interesting concept because, you know, we have office hours that nobody comes to apart from a few who are like brave enough to talk with the professor somehow. It's like we're scary or something. Do you think I could do you, like have not an, call it an office hour and call it like let's talk about cell bio hour and stuff like that? Yes, in you have your hand raised. <laughs> 
No, no, it was really important what you said. I'm sorry, Brianna, maybe if you want to talk, but I really wanted to take a moment to say that. Those office hours that professors claim that if you want to come to my office hours or anything, the way it's advertised, the way it's said, it doesn't give students the, the because it's just like if you have any questions, come to my office hours. Uh, no, it's I would prefer if maybe if you could reach like from this get-go, if you're still in class with students already, you create an interaction. You're like, look, students, what's the subject? What's the thing that really caused a lot of trouble to memorize? And if all of them agree, maybe or majority agrees. They tell you this subject caused a lot of problems or this thing also, the minority also tells you that this part also it's a little bit. Instead of saying, we're going to have office hours, remove them. Nobody comes. And if they have questions, just a simple question in order for you to wait three hours or four hours in those office hours, it's unnecessary. Just write an email. But instead of those three hours, four hours, take a session for one hour and 20 and talk about those two things. Everyone will be happy because we talked about the thing that was important. Boom done i think that's most efficient it's knowing what's important so you you still have to have students come to you and tell you this is what we're struggling with yeah i don't think you should completely remove the office hour because i like that one-on-one when i'm struggling i don't want to announce my question sometimes in front of everyone also those two other simple things that i just really love that some professors do and i notice it a lot in students performance was one, they review questions from the previous lecture like you did, so you knew if you were struggling already. And two, they post the module questions. Like, this is what you need to know after the lecture. For the classes that don't do it, I never know if I'm actually doing like learning the right things for classes that do it I'm like okay I don't know that one I'm going to reach out to the professor so those two simple well two things um completely tell me if I'm at a c plus or if I'm at an a plus or you know failing so thank you so much for sharing these experiences I mean it's only by talking (laughs) to our students to you and by trying to communicate the struggles that we both have, that we're going to try and make the experience of learning better. So it's very brave of you to come to me and tell me, you know, what you think. Even if it feels like your professors are not listening, we are listening and it might take time to change. You know, it's a big boat to turn around. Um, but hopefully with these discussions, it'll just make everything progress so much more. So Thank you for uh, sharing these with me. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. All right. Thank you very much. Listen to more episodes of Beyond the Test Tube every 15th of every month, either on Google Play or Apple Podcasts, or visit our website on Simplecast Beyond the Test Tube.